What's happening, ladies and gentlemen? This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. Welcome back. I am Mike here with Jay and McLean, and uh, we're back for another episode after taking a week off. So, thanks you uh, for tuning in and downloading. Uh, sorry for the off week last week, but I was uh, in Jamaica, man. <sighs> it was it was wonderful. I hope What's it was better than that accent. Well, you know, <laughs> just like when they try to do American accents, it doesn't work out too well. But uh, yeah, Jamaica was fun, boys. That's all I'm going to say. It was just sun and booze and food and ocean. It's great. Uh, what else do you need? Not what at else? All. As good as it gets. Where, as good as it gets. I think, like you said earlier, where your only concern is what you're going to do for dinner or what your next drink is going to be. That's all yeah. you worry about. It was adults only, kid-free, just my wife and I, Lindy, sort of postponed 10th wedding anniversary trip. And it was, yeah, it was okay. Well, do you want to lay at the beach or do you want to lay at the pool or do you want to lay at the other pool? What cocktail are you going to order? What restaurant do we want to go to for lunch? What restaurant do we go for dinner? Do we want to go to the show they're having tonight? Like that was the extent of our stress. And it was wonderful. And now was we're it back. It an all inclusive resort. All inclusive. So it was like, yeah, oh, I don't I want love that. I don't want this dinner. Give me another one. You know, hmm. like uh, I, we went to uh, a sandals for our honeymoon. Uh, back however long ago it was and i just this. remember you should know that you should know i just remember that seven years ago <laughs> eight years ago <laughs> regardless uh <laughs> that that has not been validified we will we will double check that stat and get back with you hey stat boy uh, get on that yeah but I, I can just remember ordering the breakfast food and anything else that was just being delivered to the room let's i want nine smoked salmon trays absolutely bring it all I, I want as many as you can carry i want to take like the, one bite of each one and then just leave it the waiters and waitresses were almost like talking us into getting more stuff they're like that's all you want we're like well yeah they're like well this is really good i'm like oh, i will bring that over too sure yeah, why not it. you say it's good i'll try it whatever it's on the yeah. menu and then you just feel like a really fat person because you're sitting there with like four plates of food in front of you <laughs> you like, know oh, i'm the typical american here we go <laughs> Just wasting, wasting food, like just taking a couple <laughs> bites out of each each yeah. tray. No, I, uh, I actually identify as fat, so it doesn't bother me. <laughs> get in, gluttonous fat ass, right over here. There you go. Just get in where you fit in. <laughs> so, anyways, thank you guys for uh, for tuning back in. And um, I one thing that for show wise, we actually hit last week. We hit ten thousand downloads as a show nice so right people love um, us. people like us hey that's <laughs> that hey, is more better, impressive better to be than liked some. Than, better to be hated that's yeah, right that, that's definitely more impressive than some and less impre- impressive than you know others that is i thought it was a cool milestone for us to hit and i have a little this is episode 48 i think we're going to do something a little different and go over some things for episode 50 since that's a big number in a, in a couple of weeks but uh yeah we did hit the 10,000 download mark um after our last episode dropped i guess we're now two weeks ago we hit it there but so yeah um we're back talk a little g but first what's uh what's everyone drinking um i okay. have got a new um new bourbon that i'm trying a barrel single it's it's called barrel dovetail single barrel um, okay. Oh, yeah. I've seen those. Yeah, I mean it's kind of a newer newer company. Um they've got another uh, uh 
seagrass rye that they make that's really highly rated. Um, and this was decently rated. It's kind of new. So, so why not? Let's give it a shot. It's a little bit pricier than I would usually like to, to spend. But Any good? It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Definitely, definitely worth having a bottle. I wouldn't think I wouldn't necessarily get this every week because it's a little over the price range that I would normally spend. But Jay, 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 we we have ten thousand downloads. You have money like that now. <laughs> Download central here. Uh, I um, wish we were making money. This is costing us money. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth every penny. <laughs> McLean, what are you drinking? Uh, staple Corona Light. There we go. Sands fruit. Nice and you're, easy. You're heavy on the Corona now that you've moved to Florida. It used to be all grapes, and now you're heavy on the Corona. I, I was. I still I, I still a fan of grapes. Still oh, I didn't say you weren't. I'm just saying yeah. on the podcast. But, uh, no, I don't know, man. It, it's kind of odd how it all happened. Uh, my mom's boyfriend drinks Corona Light, and I came down here for the first visit uh, to see the place, and I was staying with our friends here. And they were drinking Corona Light. So it was like two weekends in a row. I drank Corona Light. Realized I really like Corona Light. <laughs> Corona Light. So, now, and the crazy part about it is there's like a shortage on it. I don't know if you guys know this. There's a shortage on Corona Light. Um, it's really? also for beer. I, I, I got to be quite honest. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous how expensive it is. It, it, it really is. Um, you know, I remember buying a case of beer. It was like 12 bucks, 13 bucks. Um, back, you know, I don't know, back when I was drinking a bunch of beer when I was younger and, <laughs> but it's, it's over $30 for a case of Corona lights. It's like $33 for a case of Corona lights. Yeah. That's, that's pricey. I drank a whole bunch of red stripe last week. It was the only beer they had on the property was red stripe and red stripe light. That was it. That's all you could get. Yeah. Wow. That, I mean, it's kind of cool. It is cool. It was, I, I forgot. I haven't had it in a while. It's actually pretty good beer. It's not bad at all. I watched some guy get really confused and he walked up to the waiter and the table next to us. He's like, yeah, can I just get your best IPA? They had like, you could tell they had just checked in <laughs> and the, the guy looks at him. Goes, no man. No man. We got red stripe. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. I wish I'd have started so. drinking red stripe. I think they're cheaper. Just I should have, I should have validified the price before I figured out that I liked them and started drinking them. There you go. That was the problem. <laughs> I'm a, uh, for, for all of our listeners out there, I'm on a road game tonight. I'm not in my house recording this, my makeshift studio. Uh, I have some, my parents are in town and have basically kicked me out of the room that I, I use to record <laughs> this. So I'm, I am down the road at my wife's office. Um, also Jay's office, RPM world headquarters. Yep. Corporate. And I am, I am currently drinking out of a, uh, I borrowed a real property management Richmond Metro coffee cup out of your kitchen. And made my way over to Matt Brainingham's office. Good buddy of ours. Matt, if you're listening, I'm enjoying some of your Michter's small batch. And it's fantastic. So thank you very much for uh, getting me buzzed during the podcast on this Tuesday night. So sorry, Matt. I didn't run that by you before, but you know, you're a good buddy. You've drank some of my bourbon before. So. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I think he's got some E.H. Taylor in there, too. He may have brought that home with him. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. There was a couple unopened bottles. I wasn't going to do that. This was this was open. It was front <laughs> and center. Yeah, just, just pop a bottle of Colonel without saying anything. I didn't. I didn't see any in there. You have to be a real good friend. That might have been a real good friend. That might have been in the locked cabinet, but this was an open <laughs> cabinet that I uh, yeah. raided. 
just down the office here from my <laughs> wife's office. So I've got some good friends. I don't know if I have any friends that I'm that close with. Yeah. Like I'm going to walk in their house or I'm going to walk into my house and see them popping my bottle of Colonel. You probably got problems. I'm fairly certain. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, all right. So let's, let's get into a little golf. So last week was that stupid two man. I don't even remember what it's called. QBE shootout. Is that what it's called? Yes. In yeah. Naples. I'm going to, we're going to spend zero Tiburon time on that. Club. Tiburon, Naples. Great. Yep. That's the amount of time we're going to spend on that event. Let's go back two weeks to the Hero World Challenge Tigers event down in the Bahamas. Star studded uh, 20 player field. We were texting over the weekend. Colin Morikawa just had on cruise control for three rounds. Looking great. Was it five stroke lead going on the Sunday? Four stroke lead? It was, I think it was five. And, a win gets him to number one in the world and he shit the bed and Victor Hovland comes through, plays a great round of golf on Sunday, ends up winning by one. I believe it was, I kind of forget now. Um, feels like an eternity ago, but yeah. yeah. So what do we, what do we make of Hovland's wind or Morikawa's collapse or both? Uh, um, you know, we've talked about Hovland before at, you know, it, it's not surprising. You know, I think that's a great setting for him. He's kind of that carefree kind of attitude and nothing bothers him. And I think it was in the right setting for him to kind of come from behind there. So, again, he's been playing really well. So, that's, again, not surprising. He won the Mayakoba to finish the year and then, you know, backs it up with another another win. I know it's a small field, only 20 guys, but 20 of the best players in the world are playing. It's not like – Yeah, world ranking points on the line. Yeah. Um, But with more Cal, I mean – I watched the end of the Saturday when he was just in cruise control, just kind of dominating. And yeah, it was watched, unreal. I was, yeah. And I, I was like, man, this guy is like a robot. And I watched him hit one bad shot on 18. And I just, you know, it was weird. I just watched the swing and I just watched his reaction. And uh, it, it looked like that he was like, oh no, he's like, is this, is this here? Is this happening? And, and obviously I think he got him down. It was an unbelievable bunker shot on 18 to get him down. Yeah, so was, yeah. But he hit it like that the whole next day, just completely off, just completely out of sync. And it was, that's exactly what I saw on Friday, on Saturday. I mean, you would, I would have never expected him to continue that for an entire round, but um, because he's just so, so he's been so dominant, you know, T to green. So I, it was strange, really strange. And he was putting well that weekend too. Again, we've talked yeah. about that. If he puts half decent, he, that's where it's going to happen. He's going to win a golf, be leading a golf tournament by five. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was, I was, I wasn't shocked that Hovland. If you would have told me that before the week that Hovland was going to win, it wasn't shocked me because I picked him on my DraftKings team, which I won but Saturday um, night. Saturday, but night. Saturday night, yeah. I was like, this is just Morikawa's. You know, here we go. No new number one player in the world. This kid's off and running, and we've talked about it before. You know, his numbers just a couple of weeks ago. And um, yeah, I was kind of blown away to see him. Yeah, you know, he hits that that hold off, peel off fade, and he started hitting it left. And that's that's and he, no good for a player like that. No good. That's the worst, worst feeling ever when you 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 know, kind of like Jack Nicholas or Tiger was for a long time, and you you've got you're aiming down the left the left barrel there, just hoping to bleed it back, and and you knowing that if you hit it straight, it's fine, or if you over overcut it, you're it's still okay. But having that ball curve away from where you're looking is never good. That's no, scary. It's it's a bad. It's almost like a helpless feeling. Yeah, yeah, because then yeah, then it's you, totally out of sync. Totally out of sync, hundred like percent. 
Well, it's 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 awful. To say, it's I say awful. It's unfortunate, uh, especially because it, it, the media almost gave him the jinx. If you heard everything that they were talking about him on Saturday, it was the kid can't miss. A bad round from him right now is seventy or seventy-one. Um, he can do no wrong, and it was. It, it was. I'm not saying it wasn't deserved because of how he's played and the numbers that he's put up, but at the same time, it was, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. Now I swear, they, I don't want to say they put the hex on him, but it's like uh, the kickers, the kickers hex or the the free throw. Exactly. That's that's, that's missed exactly a shot right. from the line all day. <laughs> yeah, that that's exactly right. You know, they he went from being the can't miss kid to the can't find the center of the club face. Yeah. And the crazy part about it is that. You know, when he got back to, I want to say it was because it was two weeks ago. I can't remember exactly, but it's like 15 or 14. He found himself only two shots back. And I told my buddy we were watching with, I said, look, at the beginning of the week, if you have told him Sunday afternoon, you can be two shots back on the back nine um, in contention. You take that every time. If he can somehow uh, mentally come back from this. And he tried to, he tried to get it, the ship righted uh, a couple of times on the back nine. But I said, if he could mentally come back from this, he could probably um, still get it done. However, it seemed to be a little bit too much. And ultimately, uh, Hovland started to put it a little bit out of reach as well. Yeah, I mean, you feel for Morikawa a little bit. Like, it's not, again, it's not a massive event. It, it really, the only thing He'll that was massive. Fine. Yeah, the only He'll thing that was massive fine. was him, him trying to get the number one. And I don't know how much that pressure caused it or not, or just it was a little bit of a little issue with swing that crept up and he couldn't couldn't just overcome it that final day and um well, you know but i think he's got a good head on his shoulder i don't think this is gonna haunt him no. at all and it's, but you're right it's though. Also, there's a lot of pressure yeah and if you if he and we don't know if he's one of those guys that listens to the media or not um when you talk about everything that he had going for him win the golf tournament and become world number one those are two very large things and we got to remember he's still a young kid mm-hmm. um he's not a veteran by any stretch of the imagination but at the end of the day, I think this is probably one of those stepping stones that you see. I, I don't have any doubts in my mind that we'll probably see Colin Morikawa as a world number one over the next few oh, years, yeah, if absolutely. not if not in the very, very near future. Because uh, it's not like all of a sudden it's without or it's it's out of reach or not still right there within his grasp. He, he's still playing well. Well, the I mean, the good thing about it is he um, he's doing it in an event like this like the pure world world challenge again it was it was big in the sense that he could take over world number one in the world but really in the grand scheme of things this is not a big event other than the vacation yeah other than the the situation the circumstance of him being number one in the in the world but the the tournament itself it's not that big so for somebody like this who's who's again we we use the word dominant from T to green which he has been in the last 2 years with the, you know the couple majors that he has and the wins that he has he's got all these things going for him and he really hasn't had a moment where he kind of just really choked and mm-hmm. yeah. i think the good, the good thing about it is he did it in an event that's like you know i don't think anybody really cares about it they know it's kind of a off season event so Again, yeah, they were like, oh, yeah, he played bad on Sunday and he lost. I mean, but besides that, nobody really cares. So, but he, he will remember that moment and he could probably build from it. You know, if he gets into the same situation where he's got a four shot lead in a major, he's like, okay, last time this happened and I got a little off, you know, I totally lost it. Let's see if we can, you know, correct it and write the mm-hmm. ship. It would surprise me if he, if he would, if that happens in the future and he does it and he's able to correct it uh, because of this. 
Well, um, I, I think you're dead on Jay. And I, it's funny because it's not at Augusta, but yeah. you could draw some similarities to what happened with Rory and Jordan at Augusta. And it was kind of their stepping stone. So it is that's that's the key right now. Is this his his or a stepping stone or is this something that causes more damage than we think? I don't think it's going to be an issue, but no, uh, I think it's a tiny, tiny blip. I, I'm right there with you. But as as a member of the media, I feel like we have to take into consideration that this could cause this could Did cause you say as, a, as a member of the media. <laughs> I've got to be able to look at it objectively from both sides, guys, through through both lenses, quite frankly. Do you have your badge, your media badge? Look, yeah, can we can we get a credential from the PGA tour? You think they'll let us into a press conference? I, th- I think you you might be surprised. <laughs> We need to we need to do this and be like, hey, we have ten thousand downloads on our podcast. We're a massive media if, conglomerate. If nothing else, we could maybe get corn fairy credentials. I would but love to get in a press metro, conference and ask a question. Symmetric oh, corn we fairy credentials. We could definitely get in there. Hi, Mike Maroney, Merge Nine Golf Podcast. Um, what's it like to blow a five shot lead? <laughs> I all I almost spit that all over the screen. <laughs> Caught me totally off guard. That was incredible. Man, I got a new goal for this podcast and get into a press conference. Oh, my God. Let's do it. It gets to the point to where we've, we've now shortened it. E9 pod. Yeah. McLean Boyd, E9 pod right here. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you heard our episode last week, but yeah. if you didn't, you know, we, we spoke about this. Let me refresh the crowd. You, did you guys hear? You, yeah. They, they didn't hear it either. All right. So let's refresh the crowd. <laughs> I could take a minute. <laughs> oh man! Uh, I South will Carolina say that, State now down forty. Yeah, not looking good, pal. Climbing, not looking good, not looking good. Um, it was a very entertaining event. I mean, I thought the the golf was good. I mean, again, nineteen under made a lot of birdies. Um, or eighteen under, excuse me. But there's obviously good names up there, and at one point on Sunday, it looked like five or six guys could win the thing. There was Eagles. The way they set it up for. But there's five par three or five par fives and then a drivable par four. So you had a lot of eagle attempts, a lot of birdies. Um, you still had a good amount of doubles. There's a lot of water that comes into play and yeah. kind of volatile golf course for a golf course that you know wins at 18 those are, under. Those are fun. They're fun to watch though. Yeah, I, mean, I thought it for, played for well this, for this situation. Yeah. So it was it was a pretty entertaining um product. And again, Victor Hovland. Um, everyone says it. He just seems like a good dude, you know, Yeah. just like a fun, casual laid back guy. Who's sounds unbelievably humble. Um, you know, they asked him, they asked him in the press conference. So like, so it's, you know, this is an unofficial win, but is this, this a big win to you? He's like, hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. It's a big win. You know, um, he's so real. He's just, there's no facades with that guy. No, And then one of the, uh, lays it out there. I forget who it was. One of the golf reporters on, um, I follow on Twitter was in the airport. Then I think it was the next morning after the event and Hovland was like five or six people in front of him in line, like checking in for the flight. And some woman behind Hovland was talking to him and just making small talk and asked him what he did for a living. <laughs> and he goes, uh, I live in Oklahoma and I play a little golf. <laughs> That's what his answer was. Not like, yeah, Tiger Woods just handed me a fucking trophy yesterday. <laughs> That's awesome. I live in Oklahoma and I play a little golf. You're like, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice to meet you there. So he just seems like a humble dude. And 
doesn't you know, take himself too seriously. No, not at all. Like, yeah, he exactly. just doesn't. He's like, I'm just a, another person on this earth, just trying to do my thing. You know, not doesn't ever value himself because he's on the PGA Tour, which I think is, is super cool and refreshing because there's a lot of athletes these days who kind of think they're yeah. um, a little bit more important than they are. Phil Mickelson. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, there's quite a few something across, throat. across the sports, you know. At least uh, Phil has a resume, though. I mean, yeah, he here's does. my only thing about it. Phil Phil has done enough to where he, I'm not going to say he has the right, but it's like you can kind of take it in stride a little bit easier versus some of these guys that create their own logos and have less than 10 events on tour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, or that's, or that's, or that's all the and I know I'm being extreme. Say ten events. No, I, no you're good. You're good. Yeah. You get what I'm saying. You, you, no. You're not. You don't have. You have one win or two wins on tour, and you've been on tour for less than two years, and you think you've got your own logo. That's not that you are obviously having sewn onto the back of that fucking hat because you don't even have it vectorized to where the fucking company can put it. I'm sorry, I'm off on a tangent. <laughs> it just it's some you're, of this. Are you it's going off on good. vector? files you were, and logos right you were talking they can't get it converted so they have to get it locally put on there they can't even send it to their sponsor now their that's trash like, we don't have that software no that's know. trash talk that you're is. right i'm sorry i'm you can't why. even vectorize your logo yeah i'm so bitter on that it's unbelievable yeah. that that's your first question in your press conference hi mclean boy merchandise golf Plus. when are you going to vectorize your logo oh <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah, in my in my mind, I have one. Just so you know, I just I would never put it on a hat or act like I'm someone that needs one, you know. But we all have it, you know. Yeah, I mean, it. I've got a logo. <laughs> <laughs> oh sure, man, sure I do. Um, doesn't everybody just have a logo? Speaking of someone, this is just completely off the cuff. I'm pulling a McLean and Jay completely. Someone who overvalues the, their opinion of themselves and hasn't really done much. Aaron Rodgers. I like to bash Aaron Rodgers occasionally. Yeah, I was watching the Sunday night football game. He, he you know, he kind of reminds me of Brooks Kepka of the NFL. He's yeah, well, like, they were, you know, they're playing the Bears, and they brought up the whole last time he played the Bears a few weeks ago. He had that, you know, the mics caught him yelling at the crowd, "I own you, I still own you, I've always owned you," kind of thing. Yeah, and I was like, what a douchebag! Why can't you say we own you? You're the only one that beat the Chicago Bears. Can you say we? Maybe that's yeah. why you haven't won any more championships. Probably would, part of it. Would Tom Brady ever yell to a crowd, I own you? No, he would never do that. And he's won a lot more than you, pal. <laughs> that yeah, was it. I That's mean, all I had to say. It's, it's, it's kind of like we were saying earlier, though. You, you, you know, you've got to respect, you know, the talent and the player. You, you know, we don't always have to like who they are. And, you know, yeah. and that's I think that's fine. We all that's fine. Yeah, we all can agree that he's kind of getting over the edge, but he's he's still pretty incredible he's still balling but, i'll give him that but, he's still but you're right if he had maybe a little bit more of that team mindset maybe who knows maybe he would have won uh, another super bowl or two but so a, a funny thing that did come out of um the hero world challenge and i had a lot of people text me or send me a message on this and i'll explain the story here in a second but uh jordan spieth and henrik stenson on sunday get penalized two-stroke penalty for teeing off from the wrong tee box in a PGA Tour sanctioned, it's not an official event, but a PGA, essentially a PGA Tour event, they hit from the wrong tee box. So the rule in golf is if, if you play from an incorrect tee box and you realize it 
before you finish the hole or before you tee off on the next hole, excuse me, you can go back with a two stroke penalty, replay the hole from the correct tee. And so they were notified. I guess they were moving the, the tour and let them know before the week that there's a tee box that can be used that they use for the ninth tee, but they moved the ninth tee up and they use that back tee box actually for the 17th, the par three. Okay, so they see the two team markers up there. They didn't notice the big gigantic sign that said 17 on the post next to it. They thought it was the ninth tee box because that's where they've been playing from all week for number nine. Uh, and they hit. And so they ended up getting notified as they're walking off the tee box and they turn around and reach in two stroke penalty. They also had a very funny press conference that you need to go watch if you haven't seen it. It's like a minute long of, of Stenson and Spieth doing a joint press conference trying to explain this. It, <laughs> it was it was fantastic. I think they handled it like absolute champs. It, yeah. yeah, and Stenson's a very funny guy, if you don't know. Yeah. He's probably yeah, one of the funnier guys on the PJ Tour. Very dry and witty. Yes. And the reason I found this very interesting, because this exact thing happened a couple of years ago at the Foundry Club Championship. We are not a PJ Tour event. So there are multiple sets of tees out there. The PJ Tour, there's one set of tees. There's no, you know, founder. We got white, green, blue. And so the final day of our club championship, we moved some team markers around and just mess around and give the guys different yardages and different looks. We had a group hit on the 17th hole from the wrong tee box. And the group behind them saw that, didn't say anything at the time, brought it to my attention after the round. Well, the rule states, if you play from an incorrect tee box, and then once you tee off on the next hole, you get disqualified. <sighs> so they teed off on the wrong hole on 17. They went to 18. They played 18. They finished it around. The group behind them comes. So I pull the offending parties aside and ask them where they teed off on 17. And they explained to me that they teed off on the wrong spot. So I had to DQ three guys. All three guys happened to be in the top of the leaderboard near the top and the next round which is that same day another group realizes they teed off on the wrong tee on a different hole so one guy disqualified himself there's a we have a cut i had to go out on the golf course to pull two more guys off the golf course that played in his group for teeing off in round two of a three-round event from the wrong tee disqualified them as i'm on the golf course disqualifying them and pulling them off the golf course Another group realizes that they did the same thing as that group, and these were our top three leaders. I had to disqualify that whole threesome. <laughs> this is a joke. I mean, I know it's not because I remember when it happened, but it just I had to disqualify good. nine players who at the time of their disqualification were all in the top 10 of the tournament. So we had two guys left that had made the cut that were on the golf course instead of 11 that should have been out there. And really had to disqualify him. It's pretty black and white. So again, as a member of the media, I feel like we have <laughs> both sides of this topic. Was there any pushback from T setup afterwards? Or no. were there any additional what's the best way to put it? Uh items put in place because of this is there something that we no longer do something that was let's let's elaborate so no one really placed any blame on the foundry golf staff 
i.e. myself and my assistant. <laughs> we did notify every player that we would be moving team markers around. And they, because it happened on day one and there was no issues and they expected it. And we moved some team markers around on day two. Now we leave all the other sets out there because in the afternoon of these, of these days, we have regular member play that goes out play. So we're not going to pull in all the team markers. That's, that's what makes it tough too, because the, the, the team markers are not easily distinguishable. The, the blue. Well, I mean, now, close. yeah, I mean, my four-year-old can distinguish the colors, but uh, these guys, yeah, I, I understand that. But like in, <laughs> If you're playing, if you got different light hitting the T markers, sometimes it's not just like, oh, that's absolutely green. It's like a dark navy green, a dark yeah. green and, and navy. So it's like, it's not that. And we do have some small T boxes. So sometimes there's T's are pretty close to each other. You're talking yeah. three or four or five paces at the most. And so you're just used to walking up to that certain T box. Yeah. Yeah. And you see the T markers there and you just assume that's yours to play and you hit them and so, we maybe move them back or up or. So you guys just y'all moved all the sets up or back. You didn't like switch the green and the no. We never board. switched. We never switched the order of them. You just moved them. We just moved them up or whatever. Okay, yeah. And so, um, that, anyways, I've seen that before, and that's infuriating because it's like you're you're trying to trick people up. You know that. In my oh opinion. yeah, no, we never changed the order, but like we would move. So our member tees are the green. We moved some of them yeah. back to the blue tee box, but they were still in front of the blues. Or yeah. we moved them up to the white tee box, and they were still behind the whites, or or partnered with them. You know, you double them up. Uh, but anyways, we have moving forward since that a couple of years ago, we have now stripped all tees off the tee boxes. So there's no question. So there's no question. Was yeah. that you, McLean, or? <laughs> Yeah, I didn't realize you. I was on camera right there either. No, I don't. You couldn't see. You could just hear Stone. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he was not happy. Uh, not so, happy. anyways, the foundry we have decided now, basically, screw the people playing in the afternoon for regular play. We have pulled team markers off, and we just now have the one set of teams. Um, I think that's the right way to do it. I know it's more work for your staff, but it's... no. And, and so it was. Uh, it was quite an interesting day. It was one of the most stressful days of my PJ professional career. Um, <laughs> you were like, Oh my imagine. God, I gotta, I gotta disqualify half the field. <laughs> it was, I just kept looking at my assistant Adam and I was like, we got to do this again to another group. <laughs> Wait, no, you're no, I have a, another group. I have to disqualify. Uh, I, you know, I've never had to disqualify somebody. I've only been on the other side of it. That's got to feel shitty. It's it's, it's hard now. Especially I'm when it's your friends, like uh, members of the club. That you yeah, it, I was fortunate that the rule book is as black and white on that rule as it can get. And I just, yeah. you know, as as I say, we don't we don't make the rules. We just enforce them. You know, and that's why that that rule book can be a pain in the ass at times. But it yeah. is there. You know, so we you try to take out judgment calls and. It's, it's black and white and that's it. But yeah, I had never disqualified anyone in a club event until that day. And I've never dis disqualified anyone since, but I do have nine disqualifications under my belt. So <laughs> got that going for me. Oh. It had to be what it had to be Jenkins couch in Houston it had to be one of those groups. Or I know three none of, of them. Nine. None of them. None of them. No. Um, Jenkins ended up finishing second. He should have finished 11th in that club championship but because I disqualified nine guys. He ended up finishing second. That's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> that's great. So anyway, I just, I got a chuckle when I saw those guys do it in a PGA tour event. I was like, yeah. wait a minute, you know, and then that That'd whole debacle that we still talk about at the club to this day. 
Um, I think that was yeah. 2018 or 19. I can't remember the year. Gosh, that's crazy. So, and we get a good chuckle every year on the first tee when I start the club championship. I remind people what color tees they're playing and <laughs> that we've pulled them all off and that we yeah. do move them around. So make sure you know where you're teeing, <clears throat> where you're teeing your ball up. Yeah. So all you can do. Right. I mean, all you can do. Yeah. But um, for those of you out there who didn't see the Stenson and Spieth little, it's like a minute clip. Go watch it. It's it's pretty funny. Those two talking about it. So, but I guess we do have other big news. We have a big golf tournament this weekend, boys. We have the PNC father child, Mr. Eldrick Tiger Woods and his son, Charlie are playing. It is going to be the most watched PNC father child championship in the history of the PNC. (laughs) It probably will be. Yeah. And that takes, you know, leave our buddy Tom strange. He's played in a bunch with his dad. Just doesn't have the draw that Tiger does. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be nuts. Um, I have no idea what to expect, but I will watch as much of it as I can. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that makes it, you know, even uh, more global is the fact that, you know, he's hidden out for so long here and everyone's just dying just to see if he can do it. Even if you don't like golf, you're like, oh, Tiger's trying to play golf again. He broke his leg in multiple places. Let me see if he can even stand up, you know, so you're going to get people tuning in that have really no desire to watch any golf other than just to watch tiger. I mean, he's like a world celebrity. They just want to see him. Um, needle. Yeah. Yeah. He is the needle. And so I don't, I'll be looking forward to it. You know, people started posting the videos of the comparisons of him and Charlie on social media everywhere and how much yeah. Charlie's mannerisms match his dad's. It is. I kind of forgot about it last year. It is remarkable. Like how they take the glove off the same, how they wipe their scratch. Their nose is the same. Like so many things. They've club twirls, the walk, the timing on things. It is. I mean, obviously he he has watched his dad hit golf balls. How many thousands of times probably over the years and it's his blood. Right. So you just take in, you know, those kind of things. But if you're watching that swing since your inception, since you were born, I mean, you, you gotta, I mean, you're watching the best swing ever. Like you've got to be able to swing good. <laughs> oh mean, yeah. Hell his, he got a better golf swing than Tiger's. It's good. <laughs> it's good. good. Although Tiger swing, I think in the last couple of years, um, you know, after he le- left, I guess it was Como, right? Is that who yeah. we worked with last after he left him? Not that he didn't swing well with him, but when he started doing stuff on his own or said, said he's doing it on his own, it's swing looks pretty good. I mean, I think it's right it on looks, right on the money. Like it looks more natural. Plain. Yeah, it looks as natural it's as it looks. It's yeah. fluid. It's in sync. I mean, it's amazing. Still to this day, it mystifies me that he ever won with that Hank Haney laid off crap. I can't believe I, it. Absolutely, because it didn't look in sync. This swing was, it was so late. I was, I didn't like it. it. And the crazy part about it is I think the only reason Tiger went with all these swing changes, he's like, I'll win with nine changes. No one's ever yeah. done that before. Yeah. I mean, he won with the nine challenge. different swings. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's not nine, but you know, you guys get run going with that. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's unheard of. Yeah. Um, to the fact that the guy has literally won with arguably three totally different golf swings. Yeah. Won a major said, with three totally different golf swings. And he won multiple ones with two of the swings. Yeah. And 
one with the most recent swing of, up yeah. until the accident, the most recent public swing. So he never won a major with Foley or Coma. No. no. I'm looking. I actually, of course, the internet has this. So he won eight majors in 24 starts with Butch and three, uh, sorry, 34 titles. He won six majors in 23 starts with Haney. Didn't miss two cuts. He didn't miss any cuts with Harmon. Yeah. 31 titles with Haney. And then that's when, you know, all the issues started with his personal life and divorce and the scandal. And yeah, I think, I think he putted, I think he putted better than he ever putted when he was with Haney. And I don't, I mean, I'm, this is, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I can't validate it. Over, anecdotal. I can't solidify that, McLean, but that's anecdotal. Um, but yeah. But I, I, I'm pretty sure if we go back and look at the stats, I mean, he putted his tail off when he was with Hank Haney because we sh- we all know he drove it absolutely you know, the worst that he's he had ever driven it, and he was still winning. Um, so that lets us know that he was you know ball striking the heck out of it and making everything. Yeah, he had a higher win percentage with Haney. Uh, just on PJ Tour events, thirty three point three percent, which is just stupid. <laughs> uh, Can you imagine? You could imagine winning every third tournament on the PJ Tour. I mean, it's like what? What's what else is there? Like, you got something else I can do here? <laughs> yeah, that's absurd. Absurd. I mean, even his now, even after all these years and the lack of winning. Over these years, and again, he hasn't played in a ton of events, but I think his career win percentage is still like 24, 25%. That's that's incredible. So that's one out of every four times, even with basically the last 10 years, he hasn't won much, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, it was just like the perfect storm. You know, it's like he was, he was the best player, but he had the freedom to play in whatever tournament he wanted because of that. So he knew, it was like, oh, I can only play, I can play these four majors, I like these golf courses. I hate this golf course. Um, you know, I'm never going to Hilton Head to play in the uh, RBC. The RBC, because I mean, why, that, it's not his thing. Like he wouldn't strive there. So he he just he was able to pick those 16 to 20 events that just matched up with him. Big, wide open golf courses. He knew he could blast it all over and still, you know, hit the ball close to the hole. So, I mean, it was like like we said, it's a perfect storm to have that winning percentage jump up to like 30%, which is insane. You guys don't know the Tiger Hilton head story. <laughs> no, but I'd love to hear it. Not on this, not on this recorded line. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. We could late let, night. Let's no. let's get, let's look at this out there. We could go to another no. 10,000 downloads in like a day. Yeah. You could get your PJ tour press badge. If you, if you present this. I don't have enough. I don't have enough in savings to uh, do that publicly. Um, I know. Yeah, you'll. We need to share that uh, offline. We will absolutely share that offline. Once I see that little red light, online, offline, online. I'm surprised, Jay. You don't know this. I, I, I've never heard this story. I mean, well, I don't know. I'll let you. (laughs) He played there. He played there one year, and that's where we're gonna leave it. Right there. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll we'll save that later. Oh. So you guys, you guys gonna watch? You think they're gonna compete? I wonder what he's gonna drive a golf cart. They allowed him to drive golf carts. I'd be curious to see. They were. I've written this article about what tees he's gonna play. Um, 
if they give him any sort of like special, like get to move up a T oh, or something. No, that's that's ridiculous. I Look, mean, did I, you see him hit those hit those three woods at the hero? I'm yeah, ripping those, ripping those. Yeah, I mean, look, this is this is a this is an exhibition for him. It's he's allowed to use a cart in some form of competition, which is one of the reasons I think he's playing actually in this at all early because I think it's still earlier than we would see him if it wasn't also an opportunity to play with his son. Mm-hmm. But also, it's an opportunity that he can play in a cart in some sort of competitive round, which is the only place. He's able to do that currently. He's not qualified for any other event that he can play for play with a cart that's an actual televised competitive event. So at the end of the day, I think this is one because we know Tiger wants to get his competitive juices flowing, but I don't think by any stretch of the imagination we're going to see him tee it up until he is at the uh, how is it PGA Tour Champions level where you can drive a cart and park it right next to your golf ball. You don't think it also gives him four years to physically come back from this, which we know he's in good physical condition. He works out like crazy. He can he can't. Now I'm not saying working out's the best thing for him. That's another argument for another day. But in terms of recovery from this, he has everything in his uh, power to recover from this and be able to ride golf carts and shoot still. So you, you don't think he will play in a PGA Tour sanctioned event until I don't think he walks 72 holes. I, I don't think he can walk 72 holes, not to mention any practice rounds throughout the week. Yeah. Huh. Wow. I think he plays in some. I don't think he plays in many. I think it's four to six a, a year. I think he plays in four to six, like you said, and he wins, you know, four or five more majors. Bullshit! No way. I'll I'll <laughs> wins, give you whatever odds you want on that. He wins. He wins three more three more Masters, and then the next two at uh, St Andrews. The next two. If he open. does, I'll pay for your kid's college. If he doesn't, you pay for my kid's college. <laughs> sounds like a great bet. <laughs> Somebody's gonna win from this, and it sounds like it's gonna be our kids. <laughs> exactly. It's a win-win, Jay. It's, it's a win-win. A win-win. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, in all seriousness, you're, you're right. I mean, it doesn't look like he's going to play a lot, but I, I can't imagine if, if he can walk, even if it's not at his best, he's going to play those majors. Um, and I think Augusta is going to be the toughest one for him. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. because that's the tournament that he could win into his fifties. Um, so if, if he, if this really becomes a, a real handicap for him, um, he can never build the strength back up. Then, yeah, that's gonna he he won't compete there because he won't be able to make it around. I was I was shocked to see that he was playing. Um, that, that me too. That, that leads me that leads me to believe that it may not. It may, he may be progressing nicely because he's still give him give him the cart. That's fine. He's still got to get out of the cart, walk to the green, walk around, look at putts. I mean, and the couple clips that we saw a month or two ago of him really hobbling in the airport, you're like. Wow, I mean, I don't know if it's just you're you're sore from sitting in on a plane or what, but I mean, if he if he's hobbling around like that, he's I not mean, sitting in coach. <clears throat> yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> he's got his feet up. He's they got a nap. Yeah, um, yeah. I just I I think if, obviously his son is why he's playing. If there's yeah. some other stupid silly season event this weekend that he normally plays and he would not play, but because yeah. it's his son, he's playing. And so, and I also just. I'm just surprised he 
because everything like in Tiger's entire life has been scrutinized. He is going to be scrutinized how he's walking, how he's moving, yeah. what his facial expressions. Are there any grimaces? I'm not. That's not even to mention what his golf game's like and how yeah. far he's hitting it and what's yeah. his his hands like and his touch like and yeah and that kind of stuff to put himself under that kind of scrutiny, even though it's just a little hit and giggle. Yeah. It's still going to be every move is going to be scrutinized, and yeah. he must feel fairly confident that he can put a respectable product out there. Yeah. He wouldn't or, do it, or he wouldn't do it. Uh, that's that's why exactly what we were talking about. I think he's progressed a lot more. I think that first interview that he did a couple of weeks ago was to again, like we said, to kind of protect the expectations, lower the expectations, um, and kind of control the situation. Um, so he could come back and, and like, oh, wow, you said that you, you didn't know if you were ever going to play again. And here you are two weeks later, you're going to play in the PNC. Like we thought you we were a year away from you teeing it up. Yeah. Um, so that's it's it's typical Tiger, though. He likes to build the drama and so forth. And I guess but, he did. He did lead. He did give himself an open when he said, like, you know, compete on the PGA Tour. It may be a hit and giggle or something. So he, yeah. he knew it at the press conference. He knew in his interview he was playing in this thing. Yeah. You know, probably. So. Yeah. It was only it was only what three four days later, or I guess it was about a week later from his press conference. He was like, "Yeah, I'm playing. I'm playing." You know, and fucking broke the internet again, twice and twice in three weeks. It's addicting. It's uh, so. All right, any more on Tiger? Uh, He's amazing. I hope he can still club twirl with all of the hardware inside of him. Okay, I'll go with that. So we're rooting for Tiger this weekend. Is that what I take from that? I mean, it's funny. I've I've become a bigger fan as I've gotten older because I think he's great for the game. It's obvious what his influence brings and what he's able to do when we see him playing. So I'm rooting for him as a um, employee of the golf industry and knowing that sure. it's better for everyone when he is playing and involved in our sport. Hundred percent. That leads me to another topic real fast, minor mass hole minute, something that's been going around and we've, we've talked about it. So all of these, the Saudi leagues and these premier golf leagues, a lot of these players now that they're, they're getting questions about it, right? The press is asking them about playing over there. And especially because all these guys are playing, trying to play in the Saudi in, uh, invitational or international, whatever the hell it's called uh, on the Asian tour. And they're hoping the PJ tour gives them the, the waiver to go play in this. And so they're asked about it. And a few of the guys, a couple of the guys, Morikawa said it, which disappointed me. Um, Justin Rose said it. There was somebody else. They always bring up trying to grow the game by going to play golf in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> hey boys, you're, you're getting paid. <laughs> boys, you're oh, really you're really out of touch if you think that is growing the game and the Saudis creating their own tour. And them giving you guaranteed money and appearance money is growing the game of golf. I'm sorry. You're you're not growing the game of golf. You guys are going for a big paycheck. Can we just call it what it is? Just say that. I'd rather you just say like, hey, well, they're giving me a lot of money to go play over there. Yeah. And say what you want about the, the politics and how they treat people and beheadings and how they treat women and all this kind of stuff. It's a lot of shitty stuff going on in Saudi Arabia. But don't tell me these guys are starting a golf tour and paying you to play in this tournament to grow the game of golf. That has nothing to do with growing the game of golf. They want to make more money. They're going to pay you so their tour and their tournament makes them a lot of money. 
and also is going to make you a lot of money. Yeah. You are not growing the game. Now, Tiger's presence in golf can legitimately grow the game. You, sir, you guys cannot. So please do not say you're growing the game by going to play in Saudi Arabia. Do not. Please don't say it. You look fucking awful when you do it. (laughs) Yeah, because you know it's not true. Yeah, I'm a big fan of calling it what it is. Um, yeah. If guaranteed money is your thing and it matters to you, which I understand it will matter for a lot of guys, and I don't blame them one bit. Yeah. Just say it. Yeah. Hey, if you say, yeah, hey, just, just say it. Yeah. Yeah. And if you say, hey, you know, I don't like how the PGA Tour has treated us or this or that, and I get the opportunity to make this much more money and I'm going to do it. Like, yeah. just, just say it. Yeah. If if you want to use it as a gripe against the PGA Tour, say that. Yeah. Don't say you're trying to grow the game or help the Saudis grow the game of golf. Yeah. Yeah, that's not that's not that's not happening. But I saw those quotes it's, a couple times come out of the Hero World Challenge. I'm like, oh god, people. That's, that's <laughs> kind of like uh, bless your heart, isn't it, Mike? Oh yeah, it's just like the easy thing. Like oh, I know no you one, love that. No one's no one's gonna get mad at me if I say I'm trying to grow the game of golf. Like. Oh. Yeah, dude, like we can see through this, people. Like, yeah, yeah. Bless your heart when you go over there and take millions and millions of dollars. Thank bless you. Oh, Lord. I'm, I'm going to be, we're going to have waves of members now at the Finery Golf Club because you guys are going to play in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Growing the game of golf. Great. You work, think when boys, they yeah. take that check to the bank, it says yeah. on the bottom left line, growing the game? <laughs> yeah, for sure. McLean's going to sell so many golf clubs now because they're playing golf in Saudi Arabia. I mean, just yeah. waves of people. All right. I've so, heard so that Dubai's was nice. <laughs> uh, that, that when you were talking about um, Tiger and it's good for the industry and the sport, it, it just, it triggered me that those guys were saying this. And I'm like, yeah, he actually can help the sport of golf. You cannot so much, especially by going and play golf in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Maybe in other ways, but by doing that, you're not. You're just taking a payday. Let's just call yeah. it what it is. So can I can I, you know, also while we're on the topic, and again, not to harp on this or go back to it, but as a member of the media, I would argue <laughs> the opposite side of that is that, and this is actually a true statement. So getting getting past the the bullshit here. Um I think what we're seeing with this is actually helping us. And I'm not talking about the Saudi Arabian event or necessarily um, the players, but more the fact that there is a challenger to the PGA Tour so much that we've seen movement from them in a drastic measure in such a short period of time like we've never seen before. It raises a lot of questions, but at the end of the day, I think when all the dust settles, the viewer and the fan will be better off for for what we end up with, what our end product is. And I think it, I, I do think it's going to end up being the PGA Tour. I think for the first time we're going to have a legit challenger, but I think it's the XFL. Uh, I, I I think ultimately it's this the CFL, you know, what all of the you know subsidiaries of the NFL, not even a direct subsidiary, but you know, a a byproduct or lesser I I hope a better product and a more entertaining product for the fans is what we get. I think I we will. I don't know and if we will. Point. 
I think it's just going to be the top guys are going to get paid more. And to me, as a viewer, as a fan, I don't look at this as a player. I was never going to play on the PGA Tour. Jay may have a different opinion as a, as a former player. And I, I do it as entertainment, right? I obviously love this game of golf. It's, it's my passion. It's my hobby. It's my career. I watch golf as a fan, though, and I want to see an interesting product on the TV when I turn it on every weekend. And I don't know if that's what we're going to get. I hope that it's what we get, but I'm worried it's just going to be a cash grab for the top guys. And that doesn't really do anything for me as the viewer. Whether Patrick Cantley wins $10 million, $15 million, $20 million for the FedEx Cup means nothing to me. Yeah. And that's what my concern is. The PJ Tour may make some changes and say, oh, crap, we're going to lose these guys. But it has nothing to do with the fan. It has to do with their bottom line. They don't want their tour guys going elsewhere. So the sponsorship dollars come down. Yeah. The TV money comes down. Yeah, that's what my work my worry is. I like that there. Yes, there there's going to be competition and changes of some sort along the line. Whether it's a PJ Tour or another tour, I just don't think it's going to be the fan is going to be left behind and not thought about in the changes. Well, did you see the new partnership announced with ESPN Plus? I did. Yeah, so way more coverage for ESPN Plus streaming. Three times, three times the amount of coverage that's offered now. It will be run through ESPN Plus at a fair a really fair rate actually cheaper than what pj tour live was but ultimately for them it gets them into a larger viewership as well so um you know it benefits both sides but uh at the same time um i did like to see that again that's just part of the new deal because espn but, uh, but that goes to that more goes towards the tv that goes towards a change being made in the fans bet in the fans uh favor yeah, I agree with that 100%. And there needs to be more of that stuff. I think the PGA Tour does a bad job. I think some of the other leagues do a better job of some of the, I mean, the NFL, like pretty much every game is on, but just some of the fringe product. I think the website's kind of crappy. You know, it's clunky. Yeah. Finding stuff on there, finding stuff on the app isn't that great. Yeah. Some of the fringe stuff with watching golf and the entertainment product of golf is bad. Now, maybe getting gambling involved will spice that up a little bit and make it a little more interesting there too. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you guys this. Do you feel like the amount of money that the PGA tour has been able to come up with in such a short amount of time and dedicate towards the um, you know, distribution of additional funds to the top players identifies any sort of maybe issues or unknowns about the finances of the PGA tour and how the money's being spent versus what's being paid out. Because ultimately, you know, I've, I've heard rumblings of how in the world were they able to come up with this amount of money this quick without a major change in uh, a lot of the back end deals that finance the PGA tour. Well, they did. They get the huge new TV deals. All the new TV deals are hitting January in three weeks. So that's where all the new money is coming from, is these new TV contracts. It's fuck. It's a fucking lot. Yeah, I mean, I can find the, the difference in the TV contracts. Um, I'd have to take a few minutes, but um, that's where I think the money's coming from. And and Monahan tried to be pretty transparent in a recent letter to the the players about how the money is being spent because there were reports out there, and actually Phil was was spouting these off in a uh, in an interview with Gary Williams on a different podcast. Not ours. Um, Phil, we'd love to have you on if you if you do want to come on. I'm a big fan. 
And, uh, but he was saying that like the picture we get that in there, the PGA <laughs> tour only gives out 26% of their revenue in to the players. But Monahan made sure to state that it was more like 55% or 50 or 60% or something like that. That goes to the players on, on a recent letter when he wrote to them about all the purses and prizes increasing next year. Hmm. So I think, I think the new TV deal is where, what your answer is coming from McLean where they just found all this new money. It has to be. I mean, they don't just pull this money out of their ass. Yeah. So I wonder if that that percent is a a new deal that is being announced for next year. If that's part of the change, or if, if that's been an accurate figure for um, you know recent history. So this new deal, uh, it's a nine year deal with CBS, NBC, and then ESPN. I am trying to. Sorry, this is really bad radio right now. Really bad podcasting as I'm trying to <laughs> do do research on the fly here. Yeah. Go ahead, Jay. No, no, no. I was just I was just trying to brainstorm. I was just thinking about the major networks that have have a play in this, and you pretty much have all the major players in there, other than Fox, I guess. Um, ESPN, ABC, Disney, they're all together, but so yeah. they're, they all still have their hand in it. So is Golf Channel, what, what's their contribution? Well, that's, they, they, the early, that's part early, of the NBC umbrella. That's true. You're right. I forgot about that. If so they, I don't know what the, what the deal was, but it sounds it, like it, the previous deal yeah. was 400 million. This deal was 680 million. Jeez. So that's a pretty big increase. Um, that's it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's more than 50% increase. So that's pretty large. So I think that's where, where you're getting most of that money um, for all this new, new stuff. Again, I just I'm just worried the fans not going to be thought about, and it's just going to be okay. Let's give Dustin Johnson more money so he doesn't go play in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Great, awesome. We're still watching the same thing on the weekend, you know. But so here's another question that I posed to you. So we had this stupid two man event, and we're into the silly season now. We have, I guess, less silly season events than that we used to. We used to have the skins game and the Wendy's three tour challenge. And yeah, you know, now that they have this wraparound season in the, in the fall series, we, you get less of those things. Yeah. Are there any formats you'd want to see these guys play in a silly season event? To me personally, I'd rather them just not play these events yeah. and almost, almost create, like make the fan miss the sport a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I was just about to say that. Like, give us a give us a little bit of a break because I think that that makes you appreciate the product. Um, it you know I'm this is kind of a weird um, <laughs> a weird way to describe this, but I think of it like when I was a kid, I used to I was love Michael Jordan. I, I always wanted to get you know the Air, the newest Air Jordan, but it came out once a year, and there was one shoe and one color for the most part. Now you would sometimes get a, you know, another color that would come out one other part of the year, but two, one shoe, two different colors over the course of the entire year. So every year when it came out in November, you're like, Oh my gosh, it's, it's, it's here. This is the, whatever the Jordan, whatever number. So you were excited about it. Like, but now you can get any Jordan, any color, whatever you want. They come out with all these different colors all the time. And it's just, there's, it, it's so there's so much that you're just like oh, I don't even know where to begin, and I don't I don't care anymore. Um, it's the same thing with with golf. They just try to fit in as much as they can to the point where you're just like exhausted. You need it's that oversaturated. 
Yeah, you just need that, ref, you know, like a little break to give you a little refresher and make you appreciate the good, the good play because nobody's really watching this stuff. And it's not, like I said, it's not as important. Yeah, uh, and I think, I think if it's if it's on less, people are going to think it's a little bigger, more important instead of like, oh yeah, PJ Tours on again. Like, okay, they're in Sea Island this week. Okay, great. Yeah. Now they're in yeah. Bermuda. Now they're in at Mayakoba. Okay, great. Awesome. Like, you know, in all the other sports, they have a, a legit off season. Yeah. You know, when the season ends and you know, when the season starts, but the other, the other, what the other sports have to their advantage is because of how they're constructed as team sports, the season ends and then you have coaches moving, right? So guys are getting fired and hired. And so your their teams and the sports in the news a little bit. And then, oh, then you get a draft. Then you get free agency and then you get some trades. And so it, while it's not dominating the headlines, it's still being talked about and it's building anticipation for the next season mm-hmm. where the PJ tour doesn't really have that to build. Like, you know, I mean, how much do we as American sports fans now pay attention to the NFL? It's, I mean, it, it's essentially we're paying attention 12 months a year, but it's drips and drabs in the off season. It's yeah. like, okay, well, this coach got fired and he got rehired here. And yeah. Okay, well now it's now it's the combine. Okay, they get the draft coming. Okay, now there's so and so just got released because the beginning of the new year you get released and they don't want to pay him his guaranteed money. He's going to go sign elsewhere. And there's going to be a trade and there's going to be a free agency. And you're like, oh crap, we got a new team, a couple new players. You know, I don't know. I wish you had a little bit more of that in golf versus the QBE shootout and just yeah. more oversaturated stupid golf. Like, great, they're playing a two man scramble. Wow, that's awesome. Let's watch the best players in the world plays the easiest, easiest format in golf. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Would you want to see, like, I thought of like, would you want to see a superintendent's revenge? Like put these whole locations in like stupid, hard spots and see what they do. Yeah. You want them them to see it play in a, like, so we have a three club event at the foundry. Watch these guys go there and play with three clubs. Let's, let's actually see how good they are. Like watch these guys hit fillet a seven iron out of a, out of a bunker or, you know, that kind of stuff that actually is kind of impressive. Like, I don't know. Making a bunch of birdies in a in a best ball in a scramble format just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. No, I'm not mistaken. That event just got postponed. Uh, it did just get postponed. Yes. Thanks for reading your foundry emails, McLean. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like that idea. I think, like you said, you know, people want to they, they watch sports because they want to watch humans do the incredible things that. You know, if you're a golf fan and you play golf, you watch Dustin Johnson hit a drive through in 40 yards. You're like, that's incredible. So you appreciate the skill. So I think, like you said, having a three club or something different just to exaggerate how good these guys are, whatever they can do to really show how good they are. Uh, that's when people want to tune in. If it's something really different, like you said, I mean, I would say do a three club challenge or a left-handed challenge, you know, for these guys, you know, I know, I know you're going to see them suffer, but you're also going to say, you know what? He's the opposite hell, hand. He's a hell of an athlete. He's or- a hell of an athlete. So, you know, I think stuff like that would be way, way more fun than like you said, like a two man scramble or just the two man best ball event. Like I would like, again, we talked about with the match, I'd rather see some, you know, tournament where it's a two man match, you know, where it's their own cash, you know, they're really in it. They're playing like their local gambling, whatever gambling game they have set up each week on the tour. They play that game and it's it's those guys, whether or not they're the number one player in the world or not, it doesn't matter. But like you said, you guys have mentioned Kevin Kisner and he's a he's a pretty vocal guy when it comes to gambling. You know, his his gambling group, get those guys out there that are really entertaining and people want to watch that interaction that they don't get to see 
Um, you know, we want to see what, what it's like to, to be in a practice round of a PGA tour event and you guys really gambling and, you know, kind of ribbing each other, giving each other shit. You know, we, that's what they want to see. I want to see a modified skins game format with multiple groups and ultimately uh, a graduation through a multi-day format. And at the same time, you guarantee as you get further along, guys have buys based off of their official world golf ranking so that the further along and into the weekend, you guarantee that the top players are there. Man, you have really, this is something you've thought about. Yeah, I actually have thought about it. <laughs> because you were pretty detailed. With oh, that, that was he, wasn't and, he? Yeah, that was. I don't, know, like, I don't know if we want to go down that rabbit hole I mean, right you now. Were, you were so detail, ready to but, give this, but, but I've got, but I've, I've got, I've got something, and it's it's unique. You know, it's we need to we'll just start it ourselves. Let's go, let's go raise some capital. We'll have yeah. the emergency nine golf circuit, and it'll be all these silly season things. We'll perfect. Just, we'll take perfect. over the silly season. No, that that's absolutely perfect, and we'll in, we'll invite the top five top, top players in the world. We'll go Frankie or the top five that if I haven't, it. if I haven't offended them all, um, <laughs> as long as I don't listen to the podcast and I've bashed them all. Uh, I, I'd, I'd focus on the five who can make it based off of our purse. Uh, right. Our fundraising so far has not been great. <laughs> uh, just uh, a matter of time. That's just right. Time. Waiting for a big break. Right, Jay? I'm talking about as far as our golf tournament. Yeah, we're, <laughs> We're, we've gone in a lot of different directions. Um, <laughs> we're, so. we're a very diverse organization. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, diversity pretty much is, are we drinking wine, beer, or bourbon? What's the, that's our diver- diversity. Yeah. Who's drinking wine? No one. Oh. McLean, McLean was for like six months. It's usually McLean drinking wine, me drinking bourbon, and you drinking beer. Yeah. Uh, I drink more bourbon than beer on the show really i had that little phase during the summer the spring where i had that seltzers you guys give me a hard time and yeah. mclean taught me with the kirkland, kirkland seltzer the kirkland seltzers yeah buddy <laughs> Look, i keep i keep my fridge full of more than stuff just i drink and the deal on the kirkland seltzers is unreal so <laughs> sorry i'm up there sorry not sorry Right. Yeah, get them where you fit. They're fan. They're all, they're also fantastic. I will drink them from time to time. It's like uh, they're like a bloody mary. You know, it's not bad before noon. <laughs> I mean, you actually when you wake up, how you justify morning, it? You make you. I mean, I would. Like I would hydrating. never do that. It's just that's how I view. How, come on, guys. <laughs> um, I did. It was kind of warm the other day. I don't know what I was doing. It was a warm day a couple weeks ago and I was I don't know if I was doing something in the yard and I came in I was like man I'm so thirsty I was like I need to hydrate and I grabbed a seltzer <laughs> yes and I uh, uh, go. seltzer and just hit it I was just like I for a second I thought I was drinking just like oh. soda water you know seltzer water and I just yeah. chugged all the way to the almost to the bottom I thought it was, I thought I was like, LaCroix and I was like for a second I was like oh I feel good I was I was you know like I'm, all right, I'm hydrated and then I was like that's got you know, it's five percent alcohol in it. So, yeah, <laughs> no way. It's something, I'm hydrating myself right now. Something you drink on a lawnmower. <laughs> yeah. Trying to fake yourself into being hydrated. Yeah. Um. All right. So yeah, silly season kind of sucks. I'd rather just go away or do something really cool that they're not going to do. So, I've got, I've got it. 
You've got it. Yeah. I am interested to see. I haven't heard anything about it since they announced it that Netflix and PJ Tour was going to do that um, drive to survive kind of Formula One hard knocks kind of behind the scenes. I don't know when that's coming out or who they're going to follow, but I'll be curious to see if anything happens that talking about trying to improve the product they, from the, for the if viewer. They a, if they get a good, if they get a good producer, you said it was, who are the, the producers that were, they did what? It's, it's Netflix. Um, so I don't know if it's yeah. the guys. So Netflix is a really popular show about formula one racing called driver yeah. survive where they follow the guys around and, yeah. It has it, it has take, taken off like crazy. It's actually helped the popularity of Formula One racing. Yeah. Is this Netflix series? Well, you've noticed it's now being televised, like everywhere. Yeah, yeah, well, way more. Uh, yeah, I mean, way if easier to find. Anyway, if, if you're a great if great producer, they can find a way to you know lay it out there where they just they just pull you in. You know, and if they're if, if this if they're they've already got a track record with uh, Formula One, then. I, yeah, awesome. I'm not. I'm I obviously Netflix does that show, but I'm not sure if it's like the same director and producer. Um, okay, yeah, it is. So it's it's the same media company that did Netflix Formula One. So yeah, what's they, the they kind of know what they're doing. So hopefully it's it's good, yeah. and, and the PJ Tour lets them really really get dig in, in. Yeah, and not try to you know water it down and and shy away from controversy or Kevin Kisner chugging beers and gambling or, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Well, hopefully they don't. Um, but the one thing, and you know, and some of these other documentaries that they've done with golf in the past, it's like the results people are, they tailor the show around the results of the tournaments, which I think is not, not great for something like this, like a documentary because people can find the results. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm guessing they're going to really try to, you know, tune into the, the life behind, you know, the PJ tour, the people and their stories and less about results, but more about, you know, who these guys are, where they came from and how they got there. And yeah. And what, and also a, what that's going to pull people in, or if they're following a guy that wins a tournament, they're following Ricky Fowler and he wins Bay Hill. Don't hide the fact that he won, but like what happened that week or what was he feeling yeah. that week or what was he working on on the driving range yeah. before? And, and that kind of thing leading up to his victory, who sure. cares about that? He won, but See the we behind the know, scenes. We already know that. We already know the result. So let's see the behind the scenes of yeah. what what happened. I mean, I think there's some other things like what does a PJ Tour winner go through after they win an event? What's the media go through? All this and that. Like what happens? Like that'd be cool. Just see the behind the scenes of what is going on out there. You know, what are the yeah. caddies doing? What are the you know? Oh, follow the caddies around for a week. That would well, be so that's great. So great that's my idea. That's my production idea. And the ten thousand people that listen to this podcast. Um, I think I had it first. No, so my idea—I've had this for years. <laughs> it's a—it's—it's it's, it's called. You have to follow around a caddy yard at a club in America or multiple clubs in America. I've had the chance to work at a bunch of clubs with caddies, and they are some of the most crazy, degenerate, oh, yeah. interesting people you'll ever meet. And they're a breed, and they're about the same no matter where you go in this country. They are all yeah. cut from the same cloth for the most part. Again, we're stereotyping here a little bit. Yeah, they're awesome. It, it, it would be a no, show that you'd have to put awesome. you'd have to put on HBO or Showtime. This would not yeah. be a, a network TV show. It'd have to be Netflix because there'd be drugs and alcohol and gambling <laughs> and sex. Yeah. And the problem is oh, none of the clubs would allow the camera crew to follow. Yeah, a caddy. I know. Yeah, but it's called the Loopers, and you just follow around cats at a caddy yard, and it would be fucking gold. Yeah, it would, it would be, be so good. 
Yeah. It would be you're you're 100 right. If you somehow had like a body cam or something that was like HD body cam, and you went to these like high end clubs, not just not high end, but the, with great caddy programs, and and you've yeah. got all some of these characters, and you play a round of golf. I mean, when we were in Bandon, I mean, the, the characters that we met out there, I mean, were just they've been doing that for 20, 30 years out, well, only 20 years out there, but just caddying in general. I in mean, general, there's so many stories. Um, it's just I wish I could. I tried to video everything when I was out there, but I, was, I still missed missed a hole in one. I haven't seen any of those pictures or videos that you were talking about. What do you mean? From Bannon? You were going to produce like a video or a, a book or something. You were doing something. I mean, that was six months ago, Jay. No. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I don't have any time. <laughs> I'm just, I don't know. I'm just so, <laughs> I got so much going on. <laughs> <laughs> I will get it to you though. I will get it. No, to you. no worries. I'm just fucking with you. So. Yeah, but but you're not. You really want it. I, just, just fucking send all the pictures and videos to me. I'll do it. You know I'm good with that shit. <laughs> oh, so anyways, you guys got anything else on no, golf man. this week? Um, I'm actually kind of excited to watch PNC. I'm, I'm obviously super pumped to watch Tiger. Um, you know, it's been a year. I, I think. He played in this last year, right? With with Charlie, yeah. that was was that his last event, or it, I think it was because he had back surgery. After then he that. had he had the back procedure after that. Um, so I mean, yeah, I mean, I want to watch. I want to watch him swing. I'm excited. I want to watch mean, Charlie. I, I want to watch him too. That 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 whole that whole setup is just blows my mind how similar they are when on the golf course. Yeah, but so all right, boys. Uh, thank you again to Matt Brandingham for letting me steal his bourbon although he didn't really let me do shit because he didn't know i was doing it but matt thanks <laughs> it was uh it was delicious and I'm, gonna, and I'm gonna go uh walk down the hall and uh teabag jay's uh keyboard so <laughs> <laughs> don't touch my drum set <laughs> don't touch my drum set <laughs> um, all right guys that all was right, a lot of fun. take care Later. cheers thanks guys 